Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net, empoweredmanifestation.com, Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist, Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, Truth Social Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 23rd of July, 2022, and the title of today's show is A Gift in Everything, COVID Cult, The BRICS Alliance, and January 6th Primetime Theatre Ends. So apologies for not being with you last Saturday. I've had a very interesting couple of weeks, actually. The last time I did my radio show was just after I'd had a car accident with my car being written off totally. Uh, completely not my fault. Some person, I won't use a derogatory term, uh, was pulled in on the side of the road. And as I passed, just pulled out straight into the side of me. And uh, I ended up on the other side of the road. And thank God and the angels, I was being looked after because if anything had been coming the other way, and it's only a two lane highway, so there wasn't much room to um, avoid anything oncoming, um, I think I would have been toast and I wouldn't be here today to do another radio show. So <clears throat> that was interesting. And of course, I was most upset about my little car who was a real trooper, my Nissan Murano. I loved it. Um, it was a 2004, but drove absolutely brilliantly. And I just spent $3,000 on it with new air conditioning and uh, new struts and shocks. But there you go. The uh, insurance doesn't cover the full cost of things like that. So I got a measly, say, two or $300 in compensation. But uh, what I want to say is, of course, there is a gift in everything. Now, the insurance company will only cover you for five days of car rental if your car is a total loss, which to me seemed ridiculous. You know, how are you supposed to find a new car in that space of time, especially um, as reports are that there's a shortage of used cars and the prices of used cars have gone up significantly. But anyway, um, there I was in a position where I had to find a new car within a very short space of time. So on the Tuesday following the crash, which was the 12th of July, the crash happened on the 6th, I had to go car hunting. So I went into Durango and bear in mind what a small town Durango is. There isn't a huge amount of choice there. So I headed for one of the big dealerships, the first one I went to, and I tried some cars, um, had a look at some. One of my um, requirements is that the back has to be suitable for my dog, of course, you know. Um, so that ruled out several models. And I finally test drove a car that I really liked, a Ford Escape. And because it was the first dealership I had visited, I decided that, you know, I really needed to look at what else was available. I'd made an appointment with another dealership at two o'clock to see some of their used cars. Well, I went there and they only had one of the three that I thought I wanted to look at. And I didn't like that one. And then I went to the Nissan dealership and um, nothing there was right. And, you know, I... I don't know if you're the same, but I have this intuitive feeling of knowing when something is right. And that was how I felt about this first car. And so I went back to the dealership, ready to put down a deposit and claim this car as my new one. And I drove up to the showroom and the salesman who dealt with me, who was very helpful and very nice, 
came out with a really long face. And I wound my window down and said, you've sold me on it. And he said, I'm really sorry, but it's been sold. So in between the time when I was looking at it in the morning and probably three hours later at the most in the afternoon, somebody else had come in and bought my car. And I was saying, oh, no, I really love that car. So the salesman said, well, we do have another one that's come in. Um, it's more expensive because it's newer. Um, but would you want would you like to have a look at that? So I said, OK. Um, so he went off to detail, which is where the car was supposed to be, to try and find it. And about five minutes later, he, he came back. He drove around and parked next to me, got out of the car and said, well, I went round there and they told me that the sale on the car that you wanted had fallen through. The people didn't like the interest rate. So here it is. And it, the car that he drove round in was the car that I wanted to buy. And I was thinking, you know, these angels of mine really take care of me because having talked about the accident and how fortunate I was in how it had happened and I wasn't hurt and then to actually manifest the car the perfect car I wanted because it's interesting when I, when he said that it had been sold to somebody else obviously you know I was disappointed but I just let go of that and thought okay so um maybe there's something better uh maybe that was not meant to be I'm just gonna let it go and see what else turns up and then of course the it's a cardinal rule of manifestation to let go of things and not certainly not focus on not having so there it was it was all sorted out and um the money that I needed to pay for it all came through in time to pick it up on the Thursday which was the last day for my car rental so everything worked out perfectly so <clears throat> the only other thing that happened of course was the Wednesday, in fact, the day after I'd found the car, which was the 13th, the Wednesday, the 13th, I came down with a, a cold, what I considered to be a cold. I had a cough and um, some congestion. The previous day, somebody else who lives in the RV park here had tested positive for COVID. Now, we all know that the PCR tests are about as much use as a chocolate chisel, um, but he had tested positive for COVID, and apparently there was somebody else, another older lady who spends the summers here. She also tested positive for COVID, and he had spent some time, I think, helping out in her RV. So when I announced on Wednesday that, you know, I wasn't well, Everybody assumed that it was COVID because this is what I refer to as the COVID cult. And without mentioning any names, the owner of the park, he's a really nice guy. And we get on very well, but he is absolutely obsessed with vaccines, with COVID testing, you name it. And he came round to my RV and said, are you going to take a test? And I said, no. He said, well, I've got some, um, you know, at home tests. You can use one of those and nobody will ever know. And I said, no, I don't want to take a test. It's not going to alter anything in relation to how I will treat this. I'll just do my usual thing of um, white willow and hot toddies and, you know, vitamin C and other supplements to help the immune system. And... <laughs> He wouldn't let go of this. It was like, we want you to be part of our COVID club or COVID cult. Uh, he kept asking if my symptoms were the same as his because he'd also uh, come down with what I would have called a cold. But he said he tested positive for a cold and then positive for COVID. And my thought was, well... It can't be both. It's either a cold or it's COVID or the thing doesn't work at all. But he would share his symptoms with me. You know, I'm, you know, I keep going hot and cold. Do you go, do you feel like that? No, 
no, nothing like that at all. Uh, and this is what I mean about a COVID cult. It's like they want you to join the the club and eat, share all your symptoms and almost revel in the, the badge of being COVID positive. But I refuse to participate. And um, the, this is the reason I didn't do the show last week, because my voice was very croaky. And in fact, I was still at the stage of when I woke up in the morning, I had no voice at all until later in the day. But I'm now pretty much fully recovered. Uh, I still have a bit of a cough now and again, but nothing to worry about. And it was a cold. <laughs> but these people just cannot let go of this whole COVID mentality. And I want to share a couple of things with you just to underscore how really stupid this is. But before I do, just to reiterate a couple of things about, you know, there's a gift in everything. It might not seem apparent at the time, but certainly, um, you know, it reveals itself. The first gift was actually me ending up with a really nice car, which is a lot newer than the one I had before. So I've fallen in love with that. And then by coming down with uh, my cold, I didn't have to work in the office here for a week. So that gave me time to do all sorts of other things. So that was the gift there. And, you know, this is what keeps your vibration high. Regardless of circumstances, you can find the gift in everything. So moving on with some more information about the COVID cult. Now, many of us have been saying for years since this whole thing started that Nobody has ever isolated the virus. And this was proven in uh, a case in Canada um, where someone had been arrested for not wearing a mask, I think. And he basically challenged the local health authority to prove the existence of the virus. And they were unable to do so. And so the case was thrown out. The guy was released and uh, but of course, nothing was followed up through the mainstream media, as you can expect. And even some of the alternative media haven't really pushed the fact that this virus has never been isolated. John Rappaport, who's an investigative reporter, who I, I don't agree with everything he says, but he does do some very good analysis. He's been saying for, you know, ever since this started and before that, viruses don't actually exist and that the germ theory is completely false. So this is an article from The Good Citizen on Substack and it was published July 19th and the title is Where's the Virus? Does SARS-CoV-2 even exist? Is this the greatest PSYOP ever? At least with what? where's Waldo? You know he's there if you bother to look. And he's taken one of the uh, ads for, I think it was Wendy's, where, well, I'll go into that in, in the article. I won't spoil the punchline. Um, virologist Purnima War, two PhDs in virology and immunology, plus a 20-year career as a lab researcher, part of a research team, paid $1.5 million by NIH to isolate the, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, claims, one, that no virus was ever isolated, no virus exists. Two, no publication would accept their findings for peer review that says no virus exists or has ever been isolated. Three, the in silico genomic sequence virus from so-called patient zero in Wuhan was computer generated with only 40 base pairs compared to 30 to 40,000 for a real virus. Four, they requested the CDC send them one sample of the virus, but the CDC said they didn't have any. Five, when they spoke out about their findings, the FBI raided their lab in April 2021. Six, there was a global coordinated effort governments plus international organizations plus media to orchestrate the real pandemic which was fear so they can proceed with their real agenda which is depopulation. Seven, colds, cases of flu, cases of pneumonia were counted as positive COVID cases and deaths. Eight, false positives of cancer and other deaths were counted as COVID deaths. 
Nine, 5G rollout is the most likely explanation for the collection of symptoms known as COVID-19 happening in certain cities during that 2020 timeline and continuing today. 10. 130,000 5G towers went operational in Wuhan at the time of the outbreak. 11. Deaths were intentionally inflated or people were intentionally killed with drugs and deadly procedures to create panic and hysteria. France's leader of Uncensored Substack wrote as far back as December 2020, the genomic sequence used for clot shot production was a computer-generated fragment and not taken from an isolated virus of an infected person. Twitter banned her permanently. And the tweet was, MHRA has responded to my email questions about the origin of the genomic sequence from which the material known as mRNA in the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine derives. I quote, the DNA template used does not come directly from an isolated virus from an infected person. And (laughs) Twitter has underneath, your account is suspended and is not permitted to perform this action. Frances also writes about 5G as the real pathogen and in one of her pieces references a great website called Microwave News that monitors the latest research on the harmful effects of EMF on humans and how the usual suspects are subverting the inconvenient scientific results. Uncensored COVID-19 symptoms identical to electromagnetic radiation poisoning. Since January of 2020, I have been researching, writing about and disseminating everything I could find out about electric, electromagnetic radiation poisoning. I produced a huge number of articles, wrote to my government and health authority and shared my results on social media. And there is a link to the rest of that article. The government would certainly tell us if 5G and its non-ionising radiation were, were unsafe, wouldn't they? And clown face. For those too young to get the Fauci's Wendy's Where's the Virus meme at the top, the famous Wendy's Where's the Beef commercial from 1983 is on YouTube, proving that YouTube is still good for two things, old commercials and music videos. And... <laughs> He actually includes the Where's the Beef commercial at the bottom of the article. Now, to add to that, interestingly, this week, um, COVID expert Deborah Burks has come out promoting her latest book, uh, saying she knew vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And this is report from Just the News. Former Trump advisor says the US overplayed the vaccines. Uh, This was actually updated this morning. Uh, A former high-ranking federal COVID-19 advisor admitted this week that she knew the coronavirus vaccines were not going to protect against infection, a stunning declaration that comes roughly 18 months after the shots were first rolled out to the general public. And just to interject at this point, of course, we've had the announcement this week that Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID, despite having had, uh, supposedly having had, you know, the two uh, Pfizer injections and two boosters. So it really undermines any claim that the vaccines are safe and effective and of course he said many times that if you get the vaccine you'll be protected against getting covid well hello uh, that really got proved wrong very obviously this week so continuing with this article dr deborah burks an infectious disease expert and a regular presence at the trump white house during the early days of the covid19 crisis made the admission during an interview with Fox News' Neil Cavuto on Friday. Asked by Cavuto why Americans should wish to get vaccinated if they see the number of individuals getting COVID, even after getting the shot, Burks conceded, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines. Burke suggested that overstatements made about the vaccines made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalisation. It will, she argued, urging Americans also to consider taking the antiviral Paxlovid. 
Birx's astonishing statement comes many months after multiple high-ranking federal officials indicated that getting the vaccine would indeed prevent the patient from both getting and spreading the virus. President Joe Biden last year claimed that you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations, while CDC Director Rochelle Walensky made a similar claim last April. In the roughly year and a half since the COVID vaccine rollouts, breakthrough infections have become commonplace, with Americans regularly getting infected with COVID even after getting vaccinated and boosted. Like Burke's, health officials have argued that even if the vaccine does not prevent infection or transmission, it still helps prevent severe cases of COVID and or deaths from the disease. Trust the science, they said. What science? Follow the money is more accurate, I believe. And as if the COVID cult wasn't enough... We now have the World Health Organization declaring a global health emergency over the monkeypox outbreak. And this was reported today as well. And uh, Tedros has um, actually overruled the committee who voted nine to six against the declaration of an emergency. So obviously not following any science here because Ted Ross just ruled for political and control reasons or possibly financial reasons um, to declare the emergency regardless of what the scientific experts said. So I guess we can assume there's going to be hysteria about monkeypox and pushing of more vaccines, even though it says quite clearly that the cases have all been in or primarily been in men having sex with men. So it's hardly a normal population spread but whatever don't expect any logic from these people it's all about their agenda but at least it's waking more people up especially when they do overrule the science having talked about unendingly trusting the science well no science well the the word science begins with the dollar sign definitely so i want to move on to the subject of the BRICS alliance that's b-r-i-c-s And it stands for the countries that are um, allied in this. Uh, It's the Association of Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. And this has implications very much on a financial level because these countries are moving more and more towards asset-backed currencies and actually threatening the petrodollar in terms of the currency for international trade. And we know that Putin has already demanded that any oil sales are paid in rubles. So he is not using the the petrodollar. And also, I believe Saudi Arabia have done similar. So this is really a threat to the central bank system and everything that the globalists have been using to control international economies. But it's also interesting in terms of what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine. And of course, we've had this this psyop propaganda about um, Putin bad and Zelensky good. And money has been pouring into Ukraine. In fact, I saw this morning they're sending another $270 million over there, no doubt to be laundered very nicely and circled back to many of the Democrat politicians like uh, Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry, uh, Hunter Biden, of course, and, and Daddy Joe. And uh, Mitt Romney's son, I believe, is also involved there. So Um, This whole thing about Russia is our enemy is actually completely false because it's the Russians and others who are actually against the globalist agenda and have refused to have the globalist central bank in Russia and are really involved in cleaning out all the corruption in the Ukraine. And of course, one of the things that has been very much in the news is regarding the biolabs in the Ukraine. And I have a few articles on this subject from Bioclandestine's Substack. And this one was published the 19th, Russian state media in America covering biolabs. 
Holy shit, DNC-funded biolabs in Ukraine are finally starting to creep their way into Russian state-sponsored media, RT, here in America. Now, according to Russian military, the DNC-funded biolabs in Ukraine are connected to nuclear weapons. Keep in mind the Biden admin banned RT News at the beginning of the war. If you try to click on RT's Telegram page... You will see a, this channel cannot be displayed because it violated local laws. The local laws being they are talking about the massive secret the global deep state are so desperately clinging on to. This is why Biolabs, Biden, Soros are now apparently linked to nuclear weapons. All of it is coming to light. This is a powerful normie waking tool. Normies see a well-articulated man in a suit talking on the TV, they tend to believe him. It's fucking happening, <laughs> clandestine. Now, I have got more to cover on the BRICS thing, but I was interested to see a comment on this article. And it's um, an interesting connection because we know that uh, China have been threatening to invade Taiwan. And... Um, it seems that Pelosi is determined to visit Taiwan, which is not going down well with the Chinese. This person says, you are the most trusted person I'm going to ask this question of. Why is Pelosi so hellbent on going to Taiwan despite China's warnings? There is a specific reason and I'm sure it's sinister. I apologise for posing this question in this thread, but if anyone can get to the bottom of it, it's you. And somebody answered it wasn't clandestine because there are thousands of DNC stroke DOD bioweapons labs in Taiwan. Remember when these deep state mafia members all went to Ukraine last April? She's going to remove as much proof of their criminal activity as she can. They think we're so stupid. It's infuriating. Somebody else replies... There are 1,500 biolabs in Taiwan. It just came out a couple days ago, remember? Maybe they are making her go and save their bioweapons. Or is it more money laundering? Who really knows? And I have read that also there's a lot of sex trafficking, human trafficking that goes on in Taiwan. So I think, you know, China is part of the BRICS alliance. I think it could well be another operation to clean out all the corruption in Taiwan, just like Russia is doing in the Ukraine. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see what happens next with Pelosi and her determination to visit Taiwan. Now, following what the uh, RT, the Russian network, is reporting, um, Twitter blocks Russian embassy over Biolabs tweet. Wow, Twitter blocks the account of Russian embassy in Berlin over dissemination of false or misleading information. This was published yesterday. Pertaining to a quote from Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov about the findings made from the special military operations, specifically the military biological laboratories and direct violations of the Biological Weapons Convention. The Russian Foreign Minister put this out on Telegram to show that the Russian embassy in Berlin account had been banned. Twitter blocked the account of our embassy in Berlin for a tweet with a quote from an article by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. The forbidden quote reads as follows. The findings of the Russian armed forces within the framework of the SVO in military biological laboratories on the territory of Donbass clearly indicate direct violations of the BTWC. Now, for this voiced fact, the embassy cannot publish information in its official account for at least a week. With supporting pictures, these are the screenshots with the English translations. And it says, this tweet violates the Twitter rules regarding the dissemination of false or misleading information that may harm people in crisis. However, we decided to keep it for the purposes of establishing liability. And it says, Lavron... Lavrov, in his post of July 18, 2022, the findings made by the armed forces as part of the special military operation in the military biological laboratories of Donbass clearly indicate direct violations of the Biological Weapons Convention. 
And it goes on, it says, your account has been blocked after careful consideration. We have concluded that your account has violated the Twitter rules. We put it in read-only mode for a while, so you can't tweet or retweet content or like it. The link to the statement from the Russian Foreign Ministry Telegram page is below. So there you have it. Twitter openly censoring factual information pertaining to the biggest secret of all secrets. The one button the deep state globalists do not want anyone to press. The DNC globalist biolabs in Ukraine. People wonder why I pay so much attention to Elon and speak of his importance. It's because of this right here. Twitter and all of Western big tech are doing their best to suppress this story and cover for the DNC bioterrorists, just as they did with the Hunter Biden laptop. If information were to flow freely, the world would already be aware of all of this. But with control over the airwaves, the globalists can shield their sheep from seeing the inconvenient truth. Here you see the importance of the Elon deal and how it can literally shape the perception of reality of the collective normie minds. So yes, yeah, censorship rules at the moment. And then another bio-clandestine uh, newsletter article, The Rise of Bricks Should Have Everyone's Attention. And this was published on the 21st. Maria Zakharova from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs with some powerful words confirming my assertion on the rise of BRICS, providing a worthy alternative to NATO and the Western world order. Uh, read her transcript below, then meet me at the bottom for analysis. American officials in recent days, as if on cue, are trying to convince everyone, and it seems themselves, that Russia is in complete isolation and separated from the rest of the world. If they consider themselves the rest of the world, then probably, only this is not the result of isolation, but the self-isolation of Washington, Brussels and London. Yes, the US satellites are ready to support any adventure of Washington. But if you look at things soberly, then most of the world's states do not support anti-Russian sanctions and seek to maintain normal relations with Russia. Today's reality is multipolarity. Moscow, together with its BRICS partners, represents an attractive alternative to the notorious Western rules-based world order. So with the cancellation of Russia, the White House did not succeed and will not succeed to defeat us, tear the economy to shreds, put us on our knees is too tough for America. That's the end of the transcript. Now, whether you support Russia or not, this should have the attention of every single human being on Earth. In response to the corruption and liberal globalist Western oligarchy, the nations of Russia, China, India, Brazil, South Africa, soon to be joined by Saudi Arabia, Egypt and Turkey, are now forming against NATO and standing up to the US in unison with Russia. For many, this is exciting. For all the brainwashed Western sheep who haven't figured it out yet, this should be the most terrifying thing you've ever heard. The Eastern world are forming a coalition against the globalist Western entities. Nations representing three and a half plus billion people and have significant military and nuclear capabilities are swearing to destroy Obama, Biden, Hillary and Soros. Where is the panic from the MSM? Why aren't they sounding the alarm? Why? Because all this leads to the origin for the escalation of this global conflict and war in Ukraine. All of this stems from the bioterrorism committed by the US DNC and their globalist allies who created and released COVID-19. That's what this is about. This is the free world standing up to the globalists in response for them releasing biological weapons. COVID-19 opened the door for every single globalist leader to enact emergency powers, circumvent all legislation and implement a totalitarian police state under the guise of public health. COVID-19 gave the globalists complete control of the world. Now the world is fighting back. This story is not going away. The lines in the sand are being drawn. Sides are being taken. The Eastern world have zero interest in having their lives put at risk by globalists unleashing bioweapons for political gain. So the US as a whole will eventually have a choice. A. 
continue to ignore the East and their allegations, which will eventually lead to kinetic global warfare against China, Russia, India, Brazil, Saudi Arabia and more, or B, take the East's allegations seriously, help Russia clean up Ukraine, hand over Obama, Hillary, Biden, Soros and all other perpetrators to be tried before an international military tribunal for crimes against humanity, rid the West of the globalist filth and rebuild the world under a new vision free of the liberal globalist ideology and corruption in coalition with Russia, China and the rest of the East. I don't know about you all, but I'm picking option B. If you'd rather pick option A, take your happy ass to the front lines and you fight Russia and China. And I'll tell you right now, the US military have zero intention of suffering a single causality. Sorry, that should be casualty. You spelt it wrong. And risking nuclear fallout to protect Hillary, Biden and Obama from their crimes against humanity. It's only a matter of time, but all of the leadership of the DNC, they are dead men walking and they know it. And this very much echoes what X-22 report is saying, that they really have lost and they're in a total panic because all of their nefarious deeds are all being exposed. And then the last thing on this subject, again clandestine, Putin assures destruction of Western globalist elite. And this is again from the 21st. Wild speech from Putin as he continues to lambast the liberal globalist order every time he steps in front of a microphone. Whether you are a fan of Putin or not, you are still going to want to hear what he said. And I must say, I've said many times, I do believe Putin is a white hat and I am a fan. <laughs> I like his attitude. Putin appeared at the ASI forum, Strong Ideas for a New Time, a collection of 200 Russian elites and local leaders stroke representatives. Putin points out the unfairness of the Western oligarchy, deep state, and their total dominance of the world, highlighting how their rule has impeded the advancement of all human civilization. He goes on to correctly assert that the globalist and supposedly liberal ideology is increasingly acquiring the features of totalitarianism. Quite right. How can you not agree with him? Put aside that he's the leader of Russia. Is what he's saying not 100% correct? Sounds exactly like something Trump would say. And I do believe that Trump and Putin are in, um, in league with each other. They're certainly working together. We've seen plenty of evidence of that over the years. Putin would conclude that no matter how much Western and globalist elites strive to preserve the existing order, a new era is dawning, a new stage in world history. Kind of sounds to me like Putin is saying nothing can stop what is coming and that we are witnessing the destruction of the old guard. Of course, it was Q who said that. He remains con consistent in his public appearances that the downfall of the Western elite stroke liberal globalist world order is impossible to stop. If I were to take the transcript of this speech and hand it to every single Trump supporter and told them Trump said it, nearly 100% would support it. If I told them Putin said it, many of them would turn their noses up in disgust. Now, I don't agree with that because if you look at the the people who are basically against this I stand with Ukraine bullshit. It's all the MAGA supporters. They see through this PSYOP absolutely. And I'm sure they realise that Putin is fighting the globalist agenda. So I don't agree that uh, Trump supporters would turn their noses up in disgust. They'd agree with it. Absolutely. Why should we disregard what Putin is saying when what he is saying is correct? That's just illogical. Russia is not wrong just because they are Russia and the US are not right just because they are the US. All the evidence points to Russia's allegations being legitimate. If you can't accept this, you are a victim of decades of nationalistic propaganda. I'm not saying Russia is innocent. No country is. But what they are saying about the US is correct. And ignoring their allegations just because they are our enemy is not a sustainable foreign policy. And I don't actually agree that they're our enemy either. If you look back in history, the Russians have been allies of the US. They were, certainly were in World War II and, you know, suffered 
uh, huge casualties from the um, the rush the German Nazi invasion, um, but actually worked in alliance with the US and the other allies against Hitler and the Nazis. In conclusion, Putin is confident the liberal globalist world order is being destroyed and soon will be replaced by a new multipolar world order. I think that sounds like a great idea. Trump seems to think so as well. None of us can know for sure what the future holds, but it can't be worse than the current status quo. And I think what we're seeing, as you know, I've said many times, and of course I know all my listeners agree, is that we are seeing the exposure of everything that the globalists and the deep state represent and are promoting. I mean, it's so in your face with Biden and his Green New Deal climate emergency um, hoax again. Um, there's so much science out there that argues that the climate change uh, agenda is completely false. There's a really good uh, presentation by Senator Mike Thompson, I think it is, who was present. He's an ex-climatologist and he was presenting about the myth of carbon dioxide and that actually the levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, as far as plants are concerned, is like being on a diet, that we need carbon dioxide to create the kind of yields we need in terms of crops. And if we don't have adequate levels of carbon dioxide, we're not going to get the, the crops that we need to fee feed the world, basically. And that's why some growers actually have carbon dioxide generators in their greenhouses to increase the yield. And this idea of having carbon dioxide extraction machines to take it out of the atmosphere is like, you know, committing suicide. And of course, we've got Bill Gates wanting to block out the sun to stop global warming. Well, that's a guaranteed way to kill off every inhabitant of the planet. It's just completely crazy. And yet it's rather like the COVID cult. There is a climate change cult who just take as read all the bullshit of these so-called scientists who are about as, as good as the ones that were saying the, the things about COVID and vaccines. So wake up, people. It's all bullshit. Now on to my final topic, which is to do with the January 6th scam unselect un committee. And apparently we've come to the end of the live stream coverage. And it's ended with the conviction of Steve Bannon for contempt of Congress, of all things, um, which is extremely hypocritical. I'm going to cover a couple of articles on the subject. But also, you know, what they've been putting out is all lies. There's been no cross-examination. It's just a complete kangaroo court. And just the news reports... Um, Trump gave order to make sure January 6th rally was safe event. Pentagon memo shows. Now, we know that we're they're doing all of this to try to convict Trump to prevent him from running for office again. They, they are so terrified of the man and everything that he stands for that they can't tolerate the possibility of him being back in, in the Oval Office. Um, anyway, this... Article reads, General Milley's recollection undercuts months-long effort by Democrats to suggest Trump wanted to incite violence. Many key questions left unanswered. This was published yesterday. House Democrats' marquee summer show of primetime investigative hearings ended Thursday night where it began, unable or unwilling to answer essential questions about the January 6th Capitol breach. Chief among them, if Donald Trump wanted to incite violence that fateful day, as his critics suggest, then why did he order the Pentagon to have a large military force ready to quell a disturbance? And why did a Democrat-led Congress turn down the assistance of pop National Guard troops in the face of intelligence warnings about violence? By their own admission, Democrats set up the hearings to evade such scrutiny. They declared any questions about what House Speaker Nancy Pelosi knew about the potential for January 6th violence and when she knew it were off limits.
Secret Service agents were never called to testify in public about whether former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson's story about Trump trying to force his limousine to go to the Capitol were true. And questions about how those in charge of Capitol security responded to FBI and Homeland Security pre-event warnings about potential violence were never asked, much less answered. Instead, the January 6th committee put on hearsay testimony from Hutchinson and released partial transcripts or video snippets of testimony without allowing Republicans or Trump's own lawyers to cross-examine witnesses or challenge the narrative offered to the American public. It's the first time this has happened in my lifetime since McCarthyism, and it's despicable, said famed Harvard law professor Alan Dershowitz, a lifelong Democrat who voted for Joe Biden in 2020. The idea that they would interview this witness and allow her to testify to hearsay about the president jumping toward the wheel without first asking the eye and ear witnesses, I've never heard of a lawyer doing that in my 16 years of practicing law. It's not only unethical, it's not only unfair, it's bad lawyering. Dershowitz said the committee Democrats and two anti-Trump Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, created a clear perception with their performance of being partisan zealots rather than truth-seekers. Former career federal prosecutor David Sullivan said Thursday that the entire January 6 accountability process, both at the Justice Department and the congressional hearings, raised questions of fairness and gave viewers a reason to tune out what proved to be very scripted interrogations. He said Democrats likely would have gained more credibility and traction if they had let Republicans offer contrary evidence and engaged in true cross-examination. Legal scholars are very troubled by the way these hearings are being conducted, Sullivan said. There is no due process. For people who don't have an agenda to promote, these hearings are Stalinist. And I hate using that term. Throughout the summer, Democrats have argued that Trump intended and eventually succeeded in inciting the violence on January 6th. The Select Committee has found evidence about a lot more than incitement here and we're going to be laying out the evidence about all of the actors who were pivotal to what took place on January 6th, Representative Jamie Ruskin, Democrat Maryland, said at outset of the hearings. But the hearings have been undercut by a fundamental fact – Trump's actions before the riot began included urging supporters to peacefully and patriotically express their opinions and ordering his top aides to ensure there was a large contingent of National Guard troops at the ready to ensure no trouble ensued. A Capitol Police timeline obtained by Just the News shows the Trump Pentagon first offered National Guard troops to the Capitol Police on January 2nd, 2021, four full days before the event. The police turned down the offer but then began to have second thoughts. The Capitol Police then asked their political minders, the House Sergeant-at-Arms chief among them, for permission to accept the troops on January 4th but were turned down on the grounds that such a show of force would create bad optics, the records show. But the most compelling piece of evidence that Trump wanted to thwart rather than incite violence is is contained in a lengthy memo written by the Pentagon Inspector General that chronicled the assistance the Defense Department offered Congress both ahead of and during the riot. In it, the Inspector General recounts a fateful meeting on January 3rd, 2021 in the White House with then-acting Defence Secretary Christopher Miller and General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, met with Trump on national security matters. The complete passage, hardly mentioned by Democrats at the hearings or the news media covering them, is worth absorbing in its entirety. Mr Miller and General Milley met with the President at the White House at 5.30pm, the IG reported. The primary topic they discussed was unrelated to the scheduled rally. General Milley told us that at the end of the meeting, the President told Mr Miller that there would be a large number of protesters on January 6, 2021, and Mr Miller should ensure sufficient National Guard or soldiers would be there to make sure it was a safe event. General Milley told us that Mr Miller responded. We've got a plan and we've got it covered. And it gives a link to the memo. 
In advance of the January 6th rally, the president told the most senior civilian and, un- and uniformed leaders of the military he knew the event was going to draw a large number of protesters, and he instructed the Secretary of Defence to ensure it was safe by having troops available. Democrats have not offered any evidence to counter that story. The Pentagon memo also yields insight into the mindset of the Democrat-led Congress, top military officials and the local police before January 6th. Key players, it reveals, repeatedly raised concerns about accepting the offer of National Guard help, fearing it would create the perception of a military coup or martial law as the election results were certified. Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy told the IG he did not want to create the perception that the military was involved in the electoral process, according to the memo. He said that Mr Miller made it clear that the military would not be involved in certifying the election results and that 10 different news agencies asked him about military use and martial law. District of Columbia Police Chief Robert Conte also opposed having National Guard troops, but for a different reason. Chief Conte explained to us that he did not want other federal law enforcement involved on January 6, 2021 because of the risk associated with having unidentified federal officers carrying weapons within D.C., the memo recorded. Even as key security officials were shrinking from deploying National Guard troops, lest the optics send the wrong political message, the Capitol Police was being flooded by the FBI, the Marshal Service and the Homeland Security Department, with raw intelligence warning of possible violence, just the news reported recently. Those intelligence reports, which started flowing more than two weeks before the riot, flagged online chatter about waging a bloody war, using nerve gas, concealing guns and burning down the Supreme Court and specifically flagged two groups for possible trouble, the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. Right-wing extremists are talking about tunnels below the Capitol complex and the allegiances of USCP officers, Capitol Police intelligence expert John T. Nugent Jr. wrote in an email December 21, 2020, sent to a distribution list of the Department's Intelligence and Interagency Coordination Division. Despite the warnings, the President's offer of troops wasn't accepted, and the Capitol Police did not take a security posture on January 6, commensurate with the threats. To date, the House Committee investigating January 6 hasn't provided a complete explanation why. And then, as I said, Steve Bannon was convicted of contempt of Congress. And this is another article by Just the News. And it was uh, published yesterday. And the title is, Does Bannon Contempt Case Open Door for GOP to Compel Hunter Biden Testimony? Some think so. They just better be careful what they wish for, one activist says as Republicans cry hypocrisy after Bannon found guilty of contempt. Reacting to the conviction of former White House adviser Steve Bannon on contempt charges Friday, Republicans and activists said Democrats were selectively enforcing the law and could expect a backlash should the GOP take the House in November. Tea Party Patriots Action Honorary Chair Jenny Beth Martin told Just the News, not Noise, that the prosecution of Bannon could set a precedent of using congressional committees to go after political enemies. Yeah, I think they should be concerned about the kind of precedent that they're setting in. Imagine if a Republican controlled an oversight committee and called Hunter Biden to testify before Congress... And he refused and they held him or pursued contempt of Congress charges for him, she said. They just better be careful what they wish for. Also on the show, Representative Rodney Davis, Republican Illinois, highlighted the contrast between Democrats prosecuting Trump's political allies and declining to do so when left-leaning individuals break the same rules. Members of Stephen Colbert's comedy team illegally entered a house office building in late June to film antics for The Late Show. They refused to leave despite multiple warnings and were arrested, but prosecutors declined to press charges. 
Yeah, you're talking right about the Colbert team. And there is a two-tiered system of justice in D.C. when it comes to prosecution, he said. You know, the best message that could have been sent to the entire nation would have been to hold the Colbert Nine accountable because the Capitol Police arrested these individuals after telling them numerous times, don't come back. Georgia GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene used similar language in her Thursday appearance on the show, discussing both the Colbert crew and the case of Tim Hysom, a Democratic Hill staffer who defaced posters outside her office. Hysom also did not face charges. I do not feel safe. I've asked for protection over and over again because of how many death threats I have. Green said, and the sergeant in arms does not give me protection like they do the Democrat women. So it's a two-tier justice system. Bannon, for his part, hosted the Friday edition of War Room, his show on the Real America's Voice Network, immediately after being found guilty. He opened the show by thanking the jury, adding, I respect their decision, given the evidence and the information they were presented in the room. Steve Bannon also appeared on Tucker Carlson after the Friday court verdict. He said, if I go to jail, I go to jail. I will never back off. I support Trump and the Constitution. Tucker Carlson opened his show with a detailed and powerful segment on the two-tiered justice system in America today, where Democrats can attempt assassinations of GOP lawmakers and walk free, but Trump supporters are jailed and put into bankruptcy over made-up charges. And I think this relates to the attack on Lee Zeldin in New York. He's running for governor of New York, and he was attacked by somebody with a sharp instrument. Um, He was tackled and and brought down, so he couldn't actually go through with the attack. But he was was let out of jail immediately on this no-bail policy, and people were complaining about that being a ridiculous miscarriage of justice. Steve Bannon said, we weren't able to put on a defence. We had opening arguments and closing argument. If I go to jail, I go to jail. I will never back off a second. Like I spent eight years as a naval officer, I've committed my life to this programme to get this done. That was a Gateway Pundit article. And also another one, legal expert Mike Davis, judge screwed up and would not allow Steve Bannon to put up a defence in court. Case will end up at Supreme Court. So um, it sounds like just like the January 6th committee, there was no proper process in this court case. But of course, being in D.C., We don't expect anything else. It really is a two-tier system of justice and it's becoming more and more blatant that people are really starting to stand up and say, this this has to change. We cannot continue to have this level of totalitarianism when it comes to the justice system. And it reflects back on Putin saying that this liberal globalist uh, agenda is very much like totalitarianism. But the thing is, they're not going to win. I keep saying this and many people are saying this as well. You know, God wins. There is definitely a divine force behind this. And although we seem to be going through a great deal of pain while this is all playing out, it really is the complete exposure of the agenda of the, we can't even say the left, of the globalists because they're in both the Democrat and the Republican parties and in fact, all over the world. And we're seeing the experiences in the US being mirrored across the world. And more and more countries have their people standing up against the governments and taking action against them. So as I often say, we'll have to see how this plays out. But I do believe that more and more of the people are standing up and saying, no, we are not going to put up with this. And quite what the agenda is behind the Biden announcement of COVID-19, you know, quite a few of the anons have said it's just a euphemism for somebody being arrested. Well, I don't know whether that's true or not. We'll have to wait and see. But certainly Biden's reputation is just getting worse and worse. And the level of his support is getting lower and lower. 
Um, I can't believe it's above zero, but there you go. There are still some people who think he's doing a great job. <laughs> they must be, I think, suffering from mental health issues. Anyway, that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. As a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net and empoweredmanifestation.com. I'd also like to thank Nancy for producing and also Derek Condit of mysticalwares.com for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio and making all this possible. Please visit his website, mysticalwares.com, for a wonderful range of Shungite products and other metaphysical products. as a wonderful selection. So until next time, stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.